Hello one, hello all. Welcome to the Politics Mostly podcast. I am your host, Peter Ramirez. Very special treat for my listeners today, all tens of you. Welcome today's guest host, Ryan. Middle name, M initial. Last name, Redacted. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you, thank you. All right. Oh yes, hello. All right, we're here to talk Trump, big Trump speech. Um, but before we get started with what Trump said specifically, Ryan, what was your reaction to hearing Trump speak generally? Did you miss him? Are you tired of him? Were you looking forward to it? What? You know, I think he, uh, he, he had a nice little hiatus there. He wasn't really uh, yapping too much. But then again, he is a, the only president banned from the Internet, essentially. <laughs> um, you know, he, he had a nice little hiatus. I'm sure he... Played a few, a uh, couple hundred rounds of golf, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it was good. It, it it makes it a little more entertaining to see someone that uh, you know people actually like on uh, on TV. Yeah, yeah, I feel that he did make news early on in the speech. He said, "quote We're not starting new parties." There was a news report out a few weeks ago. Him and some of the MAGA people were looking to create the Patriot Party. Not sure what the Patriot Party would have stood for, but I know if you're not in it, you're not a patriot. So would you have supported the Patriot Party, Ryan? As a non-Democrat and non-Republican, would you have found a home in the Patriot Party? Uh, it, that, that really depends on what they stand for. <laughs> I mean, that, those things are always, those parties, they always pop up, you know, left and right on the Internet. It, I mean, it could, it was probably just a meme that caught traction and he saw it when he Googled his name or something, but... Uh, no, I, uh, you know, it's a, a new party coming into existence would take, uh, a, it would need a lot of traction. Cause the, yeah, I, what, would, what would happen? They come in, they get 15% of the vote, which results in like Democrats winning everywhere. There's a revolt <laughs> because it just peeled off the Republican vote. There's a revolt and then he, you know, loses all of his, uh, capital. Um, he did start the speech. Talking a lot about Biden. I wasn't expecting that. Um, were you surprised he didn't spend more time talking about his own accomplishments and what he did in the first term? And the first half of the speech was essentially a long attack on Biden. Did you? What did you make of that? To me, that signals he wants to run in 2024 if he's already setting up. You know, here's my vision. Here's Biden's vision. What did you think of him going after Biden? Well, I, you know, he's got to get his jabs in at everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. it, it really doesn't matter who it is. Uh, um, you know, his accomplishments. He was listing them, but it was like he was just reading off a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It sounded like it wasn't like it was, it was like his, superficial. Yeah his, yeah, his heart wasn't in it. But Biden uh, is just a very, I guess. Attackable person for him. I mean, he's been doing it. He did it all last year. So I mean, he's he's probably got some juices left with uh, with that. But no, I I wasn't surprised. I mean it. I mean, what's a Trump speech without him coming out swinging at someone? Uh, you know, and it's going to be the guy who he uh, allegedly lost to. Okay, I totally agree. Now the speech, especially in the first half, very immigration heavy. To me, that's the Trump issue. You know, is it about China? Is it about the economy, America first, the isolationism? I really think Trump 
is his central issue is immigration. It's the wall. It's illegal immigration. It's caravans, sanctuary cities, catch and release. These are all things he used to talk about. He did say, which I thought was very funny, his only mistake was that he said he wanted to build the wall. And if he said we shouldn't have built the wall, they would have built the wall, which is very funny. And I hate liberals who don't acknowledge how funny Trump could be. And that one liner was easily funnier than anything Biden has ever said. Um, did you were you surprised by the amount of immigration early in the speech? I thought it was going to be a lot of cancel culture, political correctness, election talk. He did talk about the election later. What what did you make of all the immigration um, stuff uh, early in the speech? You know, I was a little bit surprised because over the last year, the entire 2020 campaign had almost no immigration talk in it. You know, he he was more he was almost too much on the offense in regards to oh. You know, Biden, uh, it, according to him, is some you know some communist. Which I mean, let's let's dispel some misinformation here. Biden is uh, anything but a communist. You mm-hmm. know, he if you just listen to some of the speeches he gave back in the day in the Senate, it's like he he'd be a far right Republican by today's standards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, but no. So do you, you do you view immigration as a winning issue for Trump? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think. Uh, that that's what got him. Uh, that's what got him a lot of support, uh, specifically in the the Hispanic community. You know, like yeah. there's, but believe it or not, I mean, uh, they're all not in support of, you know, all all these people coming over illegally. But uh, th- it definitely is a big issue because that I mean, it drove tons of people out to him in uh, in 2016, and uh, before I would yeah I would actually agree with that. I think that. When he's talking about, like, I'm pro-legal immigration, I'm anti-illegal immigration, border wall, all that stuff, I don't think it's as toxic as Democrats think. I think he went a little too far with child separation, which he didn't really mention. But, so yeah, maybe he went overextended a little bit, but I, I definitely agree with you. I think immigration, nationalism, that's that's Trump's card. It's, it's politically beneficial to his cause. I'm not surprised he hit it early and often in the speech. Um, he did say during his immigration talk, I may decide to beat them for a third time. (laughs) And at the very end of the speech, he said, um, I wonder who that will be when talking about, um, the Republican nominee in 2024. So he didn't exactly, uh, come out and say he will run, but he definitely hinted at it. Um, do you think he will run in 2024? And if he does, do you think he'll be the nominee? You know, I think, I think it's in the, the Republican Party's best interest to have him run. I don't think if he sits out the next election, uh, he, he's no matter who that candidate is, he's always going to be in the background of mm-hmm. You know, he's got to get a second term in mm-hmm. and then from there choose his successor. You know, because if no matter who they get, especially if it's some some neocon uh, Reaganite, Social you know, ex- expired yeah, conservatism, yeah. Uh, then he's he's gonna overshadow them no matter what his role is. So he he's you know if the Republicans are smart, uh, which you know there's a good chance they won't be, but 
uh, I think they're going to want to have him get a get a second term, and they'll just you know toss him in for another round because he is getting old too. You know, yeah, he is. He's getting, getting old. up there, so I and think he, that's he's, his last he's, shot. He slurred some worst words tonight. He did the thing where like he'll start saying a word and then he'll stop and just say, "Wow, what about this crowd?" Right, and then like and then because he was he got like caught mid word. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's but he's. He, I mean, I'll give him credit. As old as he is, he, his energy was still pretty good tonight, which is good because he was giving <laughs> the speech in like. A gymnasium of like people wearing suits and stuff. This was not like a, a rally no, that, in the traditional sense. That, that wasn't his environment. The, no, the auditorium no, no. or like the the little you know hotel conference room looking <laughs> thing that they were in tonight is not as that he needs. You know he needs to be put on a center stage. You know in the at the fifty yard line in MetLife Stadium mm-hmm. with a crowd all around him. He you know yeah. he does the the big shows like Queen. You know he he doesn't do. These little uh, open micers. Right. I 100% agree. After the immigration stuff, he did pivot to kids being back in school. I think this is a political winner for Trump and the Republicans getting kids back in school. Did You you found his arguments persuasive, I'm assuming? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, we we got to get them back in school, man. I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> for, for the love of God. I mean, it's even... Even the CDC and Fauci a few months ago was like, yeah, it looks pretty safe to send them back. Yeah, and then they're not back. What the hell? It's, it's <laughs> well, you know what it is. It's the it's the public sector unions for the teachers <laughs> that you know they want to they want to leach the taxpayer dry for every dollar they can get for their salary without actually doing anything. <laughs> I mean, the, the, yeah, these he, teachers he, he did are talk. Insane. He did single out the unions. Yeah, the, he, he walked that fine line of I, I love the teachers, the teachers love me, but I hate the unions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, for, for the love of God, they got to open that back up. I mean, it's just ask, go to any parent. You know, they're they're uh, they're they're juggling a thousand things yeah. at once, trying to do work from home, which they might do now, or go to work. How are the kids going to learn? Try and sit a five year old in front of a laptop for eight hours. Doesn't so, work. Yeah, yeah, doesn't work, especially like kids in cities. You got like fourth graders probably not reading at a like second grade reading level. Oh, now. absolutely! <laughs> These kids essentially just had a year off of school. Yeah, it was pathetic. Um, he briefly talked about therapeutics and vaccine, which is really his only COVID talk of the night. Uh, he did talk about treatment for COVID. Uh, he didn't mention that Regeneron or whatever he took does have human aborted fetal cells in it. I guess that got left off the copy. (laughs) (laughs) He he did pivot to vaccine talks. Now, here's where I have a style critique of Trump. He could have come out and said, what we did, we we manufactured and improved a vaccine on a record time. I'm thankful to all the doctors and scientists working on it. And, you know, people listening would put two and two together and give him credit. You know, at least intuitively. But he's literally up there. I wrote down two quotes uh, saying, quote, give me the credit and we did it, not them. <laughs> so it does make it appear pretty, pretty petty. Um, what do you make of the, the vaccine talk, the therapeutics talk? He didn't mention the 500,000 death mark, uh, kind of steered away from the COVID relief bill. But he did want to make sure that Operation Warp Speed was went down as a Trump accomplishment. What do you think of that part of the speech? Uh, I think, you know, like you just said, it would have been smart of him to thank the doctors and be all nice about it. But I think he might have been hitting back at, uh, at a lot of what the, 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 the Democrats and, and the, the libs were saying during the last, 
campaign. You know, there at first when he first said, uh, "Oh, we're gonna have a vaccine by the end of this year," everyone was like, "You know, you're you, not, you, not gonna you, happen, yeah, yeah, you got a better <laughs> chance of being struck by lightning twice." But I mean, well, you know, it wasn't physically Trump you know, mixing potions together <laughs> to figure out this vaccine. It was Pfizer, obviously. If it was, it'd just be a lot of bleach. Right? Yeah. And, and sunlight <laughs> into the salt. <laughs> but, uh, but no, and, and I think he was kind of hitting back at that because uh, with each accomplishment he did have, uh, the Democrats would kind of just pivot, you know, because mm-hmm. once they, at first they said, oh, he won't get the vaccine. Then he got the vaccine. And then after that, they're like, oh, well, it's, we don't know if it's safe or not. And all these states, you know, Cuomo is like, oh, I'm not taking any vaccine until uh, the next president is in office. So it's, you know, it, and, and of course, once uh, once Trump is out of office, then uh, then they're all open to getting this vaccine. So, yeah, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a lot of it is just them uh, trying to make Trump look bad. Did, I mean, did, yeah, Harris did that, right? She was like, if Trump comes out and says, take the vaccine, I'm not doing it. This is like before they the yeah, election, but that's made all, it all political. And, and look, they they know all these politicians, no matter what their party is. When they're you know the 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 idiots out there will be like, oh, look at their hypocrisy. They said this last month, and now they're doing this. You think that these politicians don't know that they're being overtly hypocritical no of course they know oh yeah they know. but it's just that they know yeah of course but yeah. they're it's political opportunism that's uh-huh. all it is so now they're you know they're they come in biden comes in he says oh there was no plan for for the vaccine yeah. uh even though the vaccine had already started the the distribution right. already started right and i mean trump did make a good point he He's like, uh, Biden said, oh, there was no vaccine when Biden literally got the vaccine. <laughs> as a candidate. Yeah, 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 as a candidate before, before he was before, in office. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but again, Trump was like, yeah, he probably didn't remember. So, yeah. so this, the, the pattern of the speech kind of fit a Trump speech, which is sticking to the script early. You can see him moving left and right robotically, kind of reading off the script. He was hammering Biden on immigration. But he did, meander, he did, you know, meander a little bit as the speech went on, which I like because it generally gets more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, yeah, then he kind of just turns into like a political commentator almost and kind of just, you know, comments on stuff that whatever the news cycle is going through. Um, but one of the points Trump did make, which I thought was interesting, I wanted your reaction to it. He said that Biden ran as a he, he talked about this at least three times that Biden ran as a moderate. He debated as a moderate. Then he became super liberal as president. And I guess I'm open to that argument. But what has like Biden done as president that surprised anyone? I think he's just been like a regular Democrat. Like what, what, what's, what's something he's done that hasn't been something a regular Democrat would do? Do you agree with Trump that Biden ran more moderate than he governs? Uh, I think every candidate runs more, more, in the more in the middle as yeah. opposed to the primaries, yeah, but that's Trump, just a, a tactical thing. Yeah, <laughs> Trump is just, he's an outlier, obviously, but yeah. but no, uh, Biden has always been a moderate. Um, I mean, if you're comparing him to when he started in the Senate, he's certainly more uh, to the left. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's he was never this radical socialist, uh, super liberal guy. He's the 
He's wherever the middle of the party is, but the party has moved left. So people essentially are right on both sides. Right. They can say he's more left than he used to be, and also that he's not super progressive, based on the progressives that are currently in power. Yeah, so, you know, he'll be in the middle of the party, and as the party moves left, he gets left. But there will always be people to his left, I guess is my opinion. Yeah, I think you just got to look at the, the rhetoric versus what he's actually doing. You know, there's like the—I I think a lot of Biden voters are now probably— upset with him because i mean look, how many uh how many missiles did he just drop in syria <laughs> you know they dropped yeah. the 15 minimum wage from the, right yeah he the he folded bill. quick on that he pushed for it realized he'd actually have to do some yeah. work and then abandoned immediately right and then he did the town hall and they asked uh are you gonna forgive student debt and he's just like no oh I'm yeah not gonna do that or like he'll, he's gonna he'll do ten thousand, not fifty thousand. but like if you meet all these criteria that makes it like no one's gonna do it yeah it's i mean he, he's doing what every other politician does they throw people crumbs if he's lucky he'll get one of these things through because even it was just like trump you know he had the majorities and everything and uh what they he just got the tax cuts for these corporations and now Biden, yeah he's yeah his thing will <laughs> probably i mean most likely his thing will just be this covid relief bill and then the rest of his administration will just be you know ticky tack things here and there but right it, there's, it, there's like, no it's like obama's radical, second term it's just like executive yeah. orders there, once, once you lose congress it's over Oh, yeah. There's going to be over. no yeah. radical left-wing chains. No, there just, can't be. Just like when Trump was in, people were like, oh, here comes a fascist dictatorship. Like, yeah. He's yeah, the Trump, worst Trump fascist was, dictatorship of all time, apparently. Yeah, I mean, Trump was talking heavy in, in the beginning of the speech about the NRA, the Second Amendment. I mean, where... Where, show me the 60 votes in the Senate for, for, for gun restrictions right now. I don't see them. I don't even see 50. With no. mansions, so no, 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 <laughs> that was—I thought that was a little fear mongering. But you know, you're you're talking to a group of Republicans. You got to mention the Second Amendment. I get it. But then he did talk about trans, the trans issue in relation to sports. <laughs> His <laughs> argument was that women's records are getting broken by biological men. I'm sure you have a lot to say on that. Any any quick thoughts on that? <laughs> I was surprised. I, frankly, I was surprised to hear that in a speech because I don't think that's something he's really talked about. No, I, that I mean, I was shocked that he brought that up yeah. because that has been a huge issue, at least over the past, you know, uh, five years, maybe up to a decade. And during his administration and last campaign, he, he didn't mention that once. He, yeah, he, I mean, it was like yeah, he didn't he didn't touch it. He, he didn't touch anything. The about only thing that. he did was the trans military ban. That right. was really his only trans thing. Yeah. But I, I think I think he realizes that it, it's not really a federal issue. It's these, like, school districts and counties and states. Yeah. So, but that was interesting. I, I He started talking about that. I said, oh, I don't even know what he talks about with trans stuff because he never brings it up. So I was like, are new jokes coming? Are new kids <laughs> coming? <laughs> yeah, I... I <laughs> I think, well, also it seemed like he chose his words carefully, Yeah, um, yeah. which I was surprised about. Cause yeah, he, he didn't he, call them like he, she, you know, like he, nothing crazy. He could be like a loose cannon yeah, when it comes to yeah. that. He was, he was pretty on script with that. The, the only thing I think he was mentioning was that, he might have mentioned it, uh, I'm not sure, maybe he alluded to it, was that, you know, it, it is a federal issue when it comes in, to terms uh, with with the Title IX funding and, and oh, things yeah, like that, yeah, you know. You, yeah, the the government, if they give you money, they can always attach strings to that money. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, his main point was, and and you do see it. He's he's one hundred percent right. You know, you have these these kids that used to be uh, used to be a boy and mm -hmm. now identify as a girl, and then they go and win the state championship. Right. Yeah. You know, like that is obviously, and and all these girls 
you know, I, I would assume maybe a lot of them think it's unfair, uh, especially the parents. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're. But it, it, it's really it's. I mean, at least for the Republicans, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a tricky issue. No, I mean, I think it's still one of those issues that's so far down the road that even a decent amount of Democrats would be like okay with some stuff. But like, if you told me a hundred years from now, this is like what gay marriage is today, I would buy it just because like that. It's kind of like where we're going. But right now, it's probably like a political winner for him. Um, one thing, though, I mean, I guess kind of related to this, um, the event was called America Uncanceled. I was expecting a lot of talk about cancel culture, a lot of political correctness talk. But um, he did briefly talk about like Thomas Jefferson. I'm assuming, you know, the monument debate. He did speak very late in the speech about freedom of speech in relation to censorship in technology. But were you surprised that political correctness and cancel culture weren't bigger parts of the speech? Uh, I was probably because a bunch of boomers organized this thing. <laughs> yeah, and, right. you know, they're, they're <laughs> on to everything about two years too late. I mean, yeah. people were getting canceled on social media like you know, during the Obama administration is when it all started. And, uh, you know, they, of course, no one really thinks it's a problem in, until it comes to them. So, you know, that, you know, yeah, everyone has been talking about how, uh, oh, this person's getting canceled, that person's getting canceled, but only because they, they're prominent, you know, like there were rising or, uh, I don't know how you put it, uh, fringe people uh, you know, years ago, who got kicked off of Twitter, Facebook, yeah. things like that. I really thought that was going to be like the center fold of the speech. Yeah, was going to be just like they're trying. The media is trying to cancel conservatives, whatever. But really, he just gave it lip service in passing. I was really surprised by that. One thing I did find very interesting. I know we were both laughing about this. In the middle of the speech, a "We love you" broke uh, speech chant broke out. Um, then he went on a little bit of like a bizarre mini rant about how Reagan <laughs> never had a speech be interrupted by chants of "We love you," uh, which therefore, in Trump's mind, me means Trump is better than Reagan. Probably, uh, totally normal behavior in democracy. Uh, where were you, and why weren't you chanting "We love you"? <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, th I think, you know, it's kind of rare you see things like that. You know, you don't see, uh, and you haven't seen, um, you know, rallies for for Biden, for Obama. I mean, there were actually good rallies for Obama his first, his first term, yeah. before, right before he won, because he yeah. was a, a revolutionary, or so people thought he would be, a revolutionary <laughs> candidate. Yeah. Uh, you know, but for like George W. Bush, Clinton. Yeah, no one's chanting, we love you to like Marco Rubio. It's not no, even a Republican no, no, no. thing. It's it's a Trump thing. No, because he, he's a charismatic guy uh, that kind of exists outside the plane of, of uh, you know, our typical political discourse, you know. Yeah. I mean, not to say... Not that I'm comparing him to other certain world leaders of the 20th <laughs> careful, century careful. <laughs> in any policy area, yeah. but those people... Yeah, charisma, personality. Were, yeah, yeah, personality, yeah. charisma, outgoing, you know, alpha male strongmen that kind of just rile up a crowd because they get people to fall, fall in behind them on their cause. And, you know, he, he has those... Uh, 
those personality characteristics where he can get people behind him. So, right. yeah. He has, he has the stickiest base I've ever seen in history. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of George Bush, his last few approval rating polls. And he fell pretty substantially because there was still a lot of anger over the Iraq war. The economy had started to go into recession. He was polling in the 20s when he left office. In fact, McCain never brought Bush on the campaign trail towards the end of the election. And one of Obama's major points was McCain voted 90% of the time in line with the Bush at White House. So Bush became kind of a persona non grata at the very end. You know, he was obviously popular. He won the popular vote in 04. He was reelected. But he kind of, the bottom fell out. And that would never happen with Trump. There's 30, 35% of people would vote for him no matter what. You get another like 10% of like the Republicans who maybe they don't like parts of him, but that, you know, they're not going to vote for a fucking Democrat. So, yeah. and like that's kind of the electoral formula for Trump is like a sticky base plus people who hate Democrats. Um, I think one broad thing about the speech tonight, I want to know if you agree. Um, I thought that the speech from former President Trump sounded very similar to what current President Trump sounded like back then. No new tone, no new shtick, kind of like the same jokes. I don't know. I was expecting something more juicy. Maybe he'd be more unhinged now that he's out of office. Or maybe, you know, what did you think of his tone? I mean, to me, it looked just like Trump. Yeah, I think, you know, and this might be just some speculation on my part, is that he was, compared to his other speeches, very well-tempered. You know, there, yeah. there, he didn't really, you know, he didn't name those, uh, you know, those boomer neocon Republicans who voted to impeach him uh, and really were speaking out and speaking out against him trying to be the quote unquote, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Virtuous Republican. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he I, I think he may have done it on purpose. This is just a little speculation, but I think hey, that's what this podcast is all about. Oh, though. yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it might have been because uh, he's still actually debating about running. You know, yeah. like he does. You don't. He doesn't want to uh, blow his load too quick here and Whoa. come out. Yeah. <laughs> Do we get there, buddy? Monetize now. <laughs> um, you, yeah, he doesn't want to come out too strong. You know, yeah. still. You know, the classic uh, entertainer uh mantra of keep him wanting more you know he he came out did what he had to do said some good things there were a few good quotes there but uh you know there's probably got to be some inner workings and backroom deals within the republican party to just see if uh you know they're gonna let him let him out again and i think you know actually when it comes down to it the republican party and by the gop i mean the establishment politicians already in power they don't really have much power over uh whether or not he becomes oh, yeah. the candidate. You think the establishment wanted him to win the primary in 16? Oh, absolutely Definitely not. not. I mean, you had uh, Lindsey Graham yeah. saying that <laughs> uh, Trump was going to be the death of the Republican Party if he was president. But, you know, if you mobilize enough people, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll make you the candidate. You 100%. Know? I guess that's I, I know, part of that's healthy. You, would, you want in a democracy, you want the people voting, not, you know, some smoke filled room in the back of some, you know, Washington <laughs> place. Um, you know, briefly, I, I will say maybe that I'm coming at this as an anti-Trump Democrat. Well, mostly anti-Trump Democrat. But I think two factors that really improve Trump's chances of running again is, one, if he wins, he's protected legally for another four years. Um, 
And two, I, I think I honestly think he has some like feral need to be the center of attention, to have people applaud him, to chant his name. Like I really think he gets off on that. Now every politician gets off on that. Because if he didn't get off on that, you wouldn't enter politics. Right, right. But I like I really think he misses rallies and being the center of the political the news cycle. But you know, we'll say that for maybe another pod. But that's that's <laughs> so that's why I think he will run. Um uh, the last major part of his speech was election reform. This is where he did talk about the rigged election, although I don't know if he said rigged election. I don't know if he specifically said rigged election, but he was talking about you know, election reform, election integrity, right? Right. He blamed um, his loss uh, for Democrats using COVID as an excuse to change the laws illegally. One thing I picked up on, and I want to get your take on it too, he said the election was rigged um but with laws being changed in that sense he didn't really talk about like voting machines changing votes or dominion he, never, he didn't mention dominion voting avoiding lawsuit there yeah that's what i was going to ask you i i think trump's lawyers got to him said hey you want to be like the mike the the my pillow guy or rudy you know they're getting sued for 1.3 billion so his his talk about election security was really just about laws and early voting and stuff like that. So do you you, you would agree with me? You think that's a lawyer telling him to you know be careful? Or you're going to get sued if you keep pushing this. Yeah, yeah. Because those other guys, uh, what's her name, Sidney Powell, Rudy mm. Giuliani, they're getting sued by by that company, and uh, they might be screwed. Who knows? And I don't know if uh, I don't know if Trump is. I don't think he is because I don't know if he really. If he himself mentioned Dominion and all those companies himself during the election, but I do agree with him on the fact about how these laws are so ambiguous. You know, uh, these there has to be some. I know the Constitution. Well, first of all, the Constitution says that states make their own election laws. Got it. But state legislatures determine that, right? And all these, which states, are overwhelmingly Republican, yeah. But in all these states, you had bureaucrats changing yeah, all like these health, laws. Yeah, like health officials. Yeah, like the Department of Health is involved in elections. <laughs> like, the, get, get out of here. Like, yeah. he's got a point there. Um, and also, he's got a—they they have to do, like, universal voting laws. Like, make it uniform. You know, one state is putting, uh, you know, pieces of paper in a cardboard box. <laughs> and another state's on, a, on an iPad. Like you yeah, gotta yeah. maybe you know centralize this thing so that uh, the the federal government can actually do some auditing if things ever go wrong because these states I mean it's they're essentially these elections are run by uh, by DMV workers yeah. like it, it's it's the most insane system that we have so yeah I mean there's got to be yeah. change now look he's he was talking actually I was surprised he was talking about like policies he was against mail voting I wrote some of them down pro voting ID he talked about. He was against early voting. He wants voting on one day. But while, you know, part of me is okay with the message, you know, anytime you're putting forth actual solutions, I'm even if I disagree, I'm okay with it. But it's kind of like, I don't know, if I, if I just went golfing and I three-putt every green and then I finish the round and say, let's change the rules and putts don't count. You know, it's hard, it's hard to take voting laws from a guy who just lost an election seriously. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Yeah, I was I was surprised he stayed off the the super conspiracy stuff like, you know, 
Fidel Castro or whatever, Hugo Chavez changing votes on like machines or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 conspiracy stuff uh, he probably needs to distance himself from because if he does run again, uh, that might be the make or break thing to get those, like you said, the normal Republicans uh, who may not like you know what he says sometimes and how he how he presents himself, but they're going to vote for him because they don't want a Democrat. Yeah, but yeah. at the end of the day, if he starts pushing a, uh, a conspiracy about space lasers or... Uh, <laughs> Jewish or, space lasers. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if there was some warehouse down in Nicaragua operating our voting machines, then, uh, you know, people are going to be like, you know, may, at the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, we might vote for this Democrat over this over Trump yeah. because he's, you know, he's all off the deep end at this point. Yeah. He he also he blasted the Supreme Court harder than he's ever done before. I think he called them gutless at one point, said they had no courage. Um, he's always been a little bit tiptoeing around the Supreme Court saying, you know, I disagree with their ruling or whatever, or they would never rule this way if I was a Democrat. But to attack them head on is something that he went a little harder than he has in the past. Also, no mention of Pence tonight. Uh, last we heard of Mike Pence, they were chanting, hang Mike Pence in the hallways. <laughs> I wonder how that relation's like these days. Let me get your take Do on Do not condone <laughs> whatsoever yeah, yeah. at FBI, at CIA. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me... He did... He did talk at the very end of the speech about this one thing, and I want your take on it. He said, quote, Democrats stick together. They're smart. They're vicious. There are no Democrat Mitt Romneys. As a non-Democrat and non-Republican. He's 100% right. You, you think the Democrats are mostly unified, or do you think they're fractured? Because oh. there is a moderate versus progressive base, but you, you think there's a fundamental difference between the infighting with Republicans and Democrats? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, when Democrats have to... When, when when they need to uh, you know rally the troops, they do it. You know because mm. that otherwise, why would you have the the so called squad of the Democrat Party voting for Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker of the House? You know they're supposed yeah. to be the new the breath of fresh air of the Democrat Party. These Democratic socialists, and then you go and vote for it's not Nancy they, Pelosi. They they speak their mind, but then they get in line. Yeah, because Whereas some of the Republicans are right, like, right, because Nancy you know, Pelosi probably tells them, hey, if you don't do this, you're done. <laughs> and, and she probably has the power. All Nancy Pelosi needs to do is run a uh, run a more moderate get in line type of Democrat to primary them. And then that could be the end of their careers. Yeah. You know, so but the Republican Party, on the other hand, uh, is very much uh, the party of like. You know, rhinos, right? Yeah. Like, you don't hear Democrats or radical dem like lib more liberal Democrats. I'm not talking leftists as a whole other. That's yeah. again another yeah. podcast. <laughs> you know, you, there are Republicans who hate certain Republicans because they're so-called rhinos, which yeah. is 100 percent true because they're just the establishment guys. They're not in favor of uh, the traditional limited conservative government in any way. They're just there to uh, do the same thing that the establishment Democrats do. Yeah, foreign wars and and corporate giveaways. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the last thing he did mention at the very end of the speech, he mentioned Mitch McConnell. Everyone immediately booed. Um, Trump said something which can't be correct. He said, 
that, you know, thanks to my coattails, McConnell won. He said Mitch was down one, and then Trump endorsed Mitch, and then Mitch went up to 20 points, a 21-point swing total <laughs> from Trump's endorsement. But that, that can't be true. We're talking about Kentucky. There's no way Kentucky yeah. was going to vote for a Democrat, and there's no way Trump wouldn't nominate, uh, wouldn't endorse McConnell against a Democratic challenger. Yeah, they, I, that, that, I don't. That was a little weird, but it was interesting that that they booed. You think you think McConnell's in trouble with the Republicans? Yeah, because he he is one of those uh, those rhinos, or maybe they would have liked McConnell more if the Supreme Court judges he nominated actually ended up doing something for Trump, which I think Trump was disappointed in. You know, the only guys on that court, as far as I can remember, that wanted to hear that case about the Clash election. Thomas and Alito. Thomas and Alito. Yeah, who, they, are, they, who are holdovers from Bush. Right, right. Or maybe even, yeah, Bush. And the Trump nominees didn't do anything for him the entire time. So I, I think Trump's a little ticked off at that. But again, he, he made really bad decisions i think throughout his administration because those guys that he nominated and uh, yeah i mean look he he ultimately chose them i'm assuming he interviewed them before right but <laughs> but you got you got to realize you know those justices as as well as the other people he's appointed in the administration since he was elected the first time uh what they were all careerists they they were all already in the system they were in the establishment and they probably they weren't truly loyal to the you know his America first nationalist cause. They were the the milk toast Republicans that you know are most likely going to rule uh, to the right. But at the end of the day, they they're really not there for any meaningful change. Yeah. So um, I will give you my brief um, summary of the speech. And then I'll give you the final closing mark as we hit 37 minutes here, which is actually pretty good. I thought maybe it'd go for like an hour, but I think that was that was a good amount. Um, I could keep going all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was what was in the speech was was um, what was not in the speech was just as important as what was in the speech. So, no mention of the COVID relief bill, whether he was for or against it. I'm assuming he's against it. Didn't talk about January 6th at all. Um, didn't talk about his Twitter ban. This is really the first time we've heard him since his Twitter ban. Um, he announced he was not going to form a new political party. He left open the possibility of running again. I, I really think he, I would say, if you were a betting man, you'd you'd probably bet for that. And he did endorse. He did um, announce at the end of the speech that he will be endorsing MAGA candidates in upcoming elections. I'm assuming primaries. I know he's previously talked about endorsing the Republican primary challenger for Lisa Murkowski next summer. So I don't, if you were hoping this speech was Trump's finale in politics, uh, I think you'd be disappointed. I think he's going to be an active part of the Republican Party moving forward. Um, any last thoughts, Ryan, about the speech in general, the tone he took, any of the messages he had, uh, what the Trump Republican Party is going to be moving forward? Anything? Any final thoughts? Yeah, he's got to pick the right people this time if he is going to run because, look, he can't rely on the same old people who've been on uh, on Fox News and, uh, you know, in the Republican Party for years now. He's got to find those people that are truly, truly going to put America first, those nationalist policies, the, the, popul the right-wing populist kind of policies that'll, 
that'll actually gain him support from people all over. You know, not not just the uh, the, the the proud boys or whatever those <laughs> whatever those guys are. But yeah, he he's really got to make the right decisions this time, and I think he realized it. You know, I think when he saw Pence turn his back on him, Pence changed his. This is totally kind of unrelated. <laughs> Go for it. Pence, Pence changed his Twitter background to Biden and Harris. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. And, and, you know, the reason for that is, if, if I, I'll, I'll always repeat this, the Republicans and Democrats, at the end of the day, they're going out to dinner together. They're getting beers <laughs> together. They're, they're not these enemies that you might think they are, you know? There's plenty of pictures of them. I mean, Lindsey Graham f- fist-bumped uh, Harris uh, on the Senate floor. You Unacceptable. Know? Hanging it's, quarter. Yeah, Hanging like quarter. These, lun- <laughs> <laughs> these, lunatics, these lunatics all over that are, are so tribalist uh, or, or think that Congress is tribalist. Totally not the case. They're they're all on the same side. Yeah, they're all buddy buddy. Yeah, and, and which is weird because the they just that's... they talk shit about each other on like cable news. But you know they're having dinner yeah, together. That's all, all their theater. wives, all their wives are friends. Yeah, yeah that, that's kabuki theater. That's all a show. They have to do that. Yeah. Or I mean, if, if they didn't, then they their constituency would say they're not fighting for them at all. But yeah. it's it's yeah it's it's all a sham, and you know the the, the quicker people realize democracy is just an absolute sham. Uh, the better, Ryan, the, the Trump speech, Ryan, the Trump speech, <laughs> come back. Oh baby. yeah, oh I forgot about that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, Trump's got to pick the right people. He's got to choose a better message. The message can't just be what the Republicans always do over the past couple decades. The message can't be... Tax cuts and deregulation. Right. Yeah. Get away from the Reaganomics. Get away from the boomer conservative memes. You know, he can't come out saying, we're not Democrats. You can't... That that can't be their platform. It's just not being Democrats. (laughs) They got to lay out a solid plan. And if they they don't do that, I mean, then then they're hopeless. And they'll... I think the GOP will eventually, if they don't make this turnaround, they're they're eventually going to lose support from, and people will be apathetic, and uh, and they they won't get any votes. Yeah, it'll also be interesting to see the role he plays if he chooses not to run, or if he runs and loses, which I think is not likely. Um, you know, would the Republican nominees seek his endorsement? Would would he campaign for them? So it'll, it'll just be interesting to see. The role he plays in the Republican Party moving forward, but I will think, regardless of the role specifically, I will, I do think he'll be active in it definitely. I think tonight's speech proved that. All right, so um, thank you for having a listen. Um, until next time, friends. 